The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. On the line, we have Brett Morehouse, who is the president and CEO of Rankin-Jordan Pediatric Bridge Hospital. Brett, welcome to In Tune. Good morning, Arnold and Mark. How are you all today? Great. How are you? Doing well, thank uh, you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be on your show today. Haven't uh, talked to you for a while. We served on a committee in the Webster Grove School District for a while, and Brett, you've got some wonderful things going on at Rankin-Jordan as I was doing the research of this. The main reasons I wanted to have you on was to really describe to the listeners the importance of what is right here in our community, the, the importance of your hospital and what it does for, for kids. Can you give us a little brief history of the hospital? Sure. Yeah, that absolutely. Uh, I think of Rankin-Jordan is a place that gives kids in St. Louis and the region the best chance for recovery from serious illness or injury. And we were founded back in 1941 by Mary Rankin-Jordan, and she was quite visionary back then. She believed that uh, all children, regardless of illness, should enjoy being a kid, and play is, is part of recovery. Uh, she had no no children of her own, uh, she and her husband Clay, but she wanted to do something for those with medical needs. And with a business-like approach, uh, she uh, married when she was coming up in high school, you know, uh, took the math courses and the science courses, and so she really uh, operated. She's quite shrewd as a business person, and she established a place called Rankin-Jordan Home for Convalescent Crippled Children over on Ledoux Road, and it was for kids to convalesce from osteomyelitis, TB. Uh, back then, it was in the countryside off of Thunberg. Uh, you know, that was far west back then. And uh, so she created this home and, and really gave us our, our philosophy. One of the things we found in uh, the letters that she used to write was uh, that you need to consider the children first in all you do. And so we still maintain that as when we reach a tough decision about uh, about the care of the, the child, it's you just do what's best for the for the child and everything takes care of itself. Um, but she was a very uh, active uh uh, in the community. She was committed to St. Louis and the region. She not only uh, funded Rankin-Jordan's construction in 1941, but she established the uh, Beauvais Manor, which was back then called Memorial Home, and, and gave her some fun, shared some of her philanthropy funds with botanical gardens and historical society. But we think Rankin-Jordan was her biggest uh, uh, achievement in, uh, in back in 1941 is trying to find a place for kids who just needed a little bit more time to recover before they before they went home. You know, and what so, was really surprising to me, Brett, was that she was 72, 72 years old when she did that. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't like she was 35 or 40 wow. and like, okay, this is right. what I'm going to devote myself to. Oh she was 72. So she had lived a, a, a really full life. And yes. what, she died yes. at 95, was it? Yes. Yes. N- yes. 93. And, um, but I, I can't believe doing all of that at, at 72 years old. Unbelievable. 
It's remarkable. And and coming to the hospital every day and and mm. knowing the you know the kids' names and having tea with them and and making sure that the kids were getting out of their rooms to be outside and enjoy the landscape and the flowers and and yeah she was a regular there and you're right it was uh, it's inspiring for me I'm in my 50s thinking okay I've, I have a have to live up uh, you know I'm not I've got a still a long way to go and I you know I need to be fit in my 70s to do what she did but it was it was remarkable well and for all those people who think you know oh, I've retired or I'm too old you know this lady starts yeah. this thing at 72 it's like think again folks on that yeah. You know, when I think about uh, Rankin-Jordan, I think of it like if I explain it to somebody, I've and you correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of sure. like a step-down or uh, step-down hospital, or like if you're an adult, you go from the hospital to a, an adult rehab, and then you go home. But for children, there really isn't anything like that, and that's what the niche that you fill, correct? That That's exactly right. Um, we There has been a new population that's been created by triumphs in the ICU. And so more uh, kids and adults, because of better medical technology, are surviving, whereas they used to not live. And now because of better medications and the fact that you know, we have helicopters that can go rescue um, injured adults and kids from the field and bring them back to the acute care hospital, you know, their lives are being saved. And so this is a, this is a, a population that didn't used to exist. Well, now... Um, that's why we put together what we call a bridge hospital. So we're a bridge between the acute care hospital, which for people in our community would recognize St. Louis Children's Hospital or Cardinal Glennon Hospital or Mercy um, Children's. Uh, we're a bridge to really help those hospitals give save the kids' lives, and our job is to give the kids their lives back. So we, we like to say we finish the job, we complement what those pediatric hospitals do, and uh, we, with a, our specific focus is on kids with complex medical conditions. So think about um, not only do they have a serious medical issue, and really they've been through the worst possible thing that could happen in their lifetime to you, they also have social challenges. And so 85% of our kids are, are insured by Medicaid, which is for uh, uh, people with lower income, fewer resources. And so we really have to be strong, not only on the medical side, but um, we offer social services, we provide education and training. Uh, we have a number of, of staff uh, resources here for the parents, the siblings, and the patient so that they can, uh, can, can take their loved one home. You know, and that's one of the things, as I was going through your website and seeing and reading the care for the entire family, because there are, there's trauma and injury that happens to a family emotionally mm-hmm. and, and spiritually and not necessarily physically, but there's, there's physical conditions that need to change at home. There's mental kinds of issues of thinking, and I, I know that you provide all support in those in those areas, uh, emotional and, and financial and social, uh, as well as uh, helping them be a part of the healing process. But how do you? What do you do specifically to help train you know, moms and dads and siblings in the care of that transition to home? So we uh, we spend a lot of time. Uh, making sure that the family uh, parent, the caregivers, the parents have, are properly 
uh, trained in uh, the medications that the child's going to be uh, going home on. Um, sometimes we have a pharmacist that spends six to eight hours training the family. And if you or, you or I go to the acute care hospital, we don't get that. You know, our our answer for pharmacy is we have to go to Walgreens and ask our questions there. But right. here we provide that uh, at, at no additional cost for the families. Uh, one time a parent told me that by the time it was time to go home, she felt like she had earned her mini nursing degree because we we had to you know spend so much time um, training the, the parent on how to properly give care at home. And, and so we... Um, you know, we look at all the the barriers to a child going home, and so, um, uh, like you mentioned, there's some physical adaptations to the home. Sometimes it's just a matter of building confidence for the parents to say, "You can do this." We really focus on not what you what you can't do, but we focus on what you can do. And so, we have community integration trips where we show the parents, and the parents can be comfortable in knowing that yes, when you get home, you can go to Bush Stadium and go to the ballpark, or you can go to the zoo, or you can take your child to the um, mall. And so we we really spend a lot of time uh, uh, showing them what's possible, and uh, um, and so it's it's a lot on the parents. And so one of the things that we just started recently is like you mentioned, serving the siblings. And so we have a separate sibling program. And one of the things that we do is once a month we are hosting a dinner um, in a uh, as much of a home-like setting, you know, tables and chairs uh, in a kitchen where the parents, uh, caregivers, siblings, and the patients are all sharing a meal together, just like they would at home. And so we're trying to return the family back to normalcy within our setting as much as possible. And so we've tried to make our facility not feel like a normal hospital, but make it feel more home-like, and so that they can start to really start thinking that, uh, okay, this is, this is where we're headed, but, but we need to bond while we're here because they're away from home for so long. You know, in some cases, the family may have been in ICU at Children's for a year, and so we're trying to, you know, help them bond again here. And so that's where our siblings program comes in um, to provide programming specifically for those kids because, it, you know, what's happened to their, to their sibling affects them as well. And, and just so folks understand, we're talking about kids with severe brain injuries, uh, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, spinal cord injuries, spina bifida, you know, a, a lot of things that, uh, conditions that require a, a, a huge amount of medical attention. And to get families involved in the care because it's it's the long term plan. It's just not uh, okay. Now we're out of the hospital and everything's back to normal. These things uh, many times are going to be their life changing experiences, and the, the families have to adjust for a lifetime. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there by the time the kids and families get to us, you know, their um, questions about quality of life and their interventions have only just begun. You know, so it is, like you said, it's it's. They, they don't come here and, and get cured, but what we do is, is we work with them and make them more independent. Uh, we make them more um, uh, successful and show them that, that, you know, all is not lost and that they can um, be successful. We have a, a patient with us now who uh, has been in hospitalized on and off for the last four or five years, and um, 
she just earned her academic uh, recognition from her high school here in St. Louis, and they provided uh, tutors and came to tutor with her five hours a week. But this young lady has earned, uh, she's taken four classes at a local high school from her hospital bed here, and she's uh, earned uh, academic rec- you know, honors recognition for her for the spring semester. And so, uh, again, we, we really focus on what, what can the kids do, and some of these kids um, amaze me because what this patient is, is having to use is her brain and some, uh, 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 her visual memory, and she doesn't have the ability to, to use a highlighter or take notes like I did when I was in high school. And so she's, she's, she's scoring better than I am, getting grades better than I did, and she's got far more challenges than <laughs> I did. So uh, um, it's, really, it's really uplifting to see this happening. You're listening to In Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston. We're talking to Brett Morehouse, who's president and CEO of Rankin-Jordan Pediatric Bridge Hospital. So, Brett, how does someone who's, who has a child in a condition that would be served by uh, Rankin-Jordan, how do they, what do they do? do? Do the other hospitals in the area who have children have, a, like, a social work connection with uh, your hospital, or do they just kind of reach out to you on their own, or what's the process for that? Well, there are two. There are two main processes. We have an inpatient program, but we and we have an outpatient therapy program. So, outpatient includes physical therapy, speech therapy, and occupational therapy. And those uh, services, the the parent or the caregiver can, with a referral from a pediatrician or specialty physician, can call us. The, parent can call us directly and schedule an appointment uh, with an order with a therapist. So those are um, done that way. From an inpatient perspective, our referrals do come from the hospital. So the social workers, the nurses, the physicians, the uh, case managers at at St. Louis Children's and Cardinal Glennon, and even across the region, we've gotten a couple of patients recently from Vanderbilt and Nashville. Um, so the word is spreading that we, this service is available, and they will um, recommend to the family while the family is with them at their hospital that Rankin-Jordan is the right place for them to transfer to. And then uh, the family, uh, we invite the family to come out and take a tour before the patient transfers. The young kid uh, makes the trek out here, and we get to show the family you know, all the benefits of coming here, and then that, that transfer is made. Um, and we work really hand-in-glove with St. Louis Children's and Cardinal Glenn, and so we um, we're really uh, an extension of them, and so they they uh, uh, will take the lead on referring those uh, those patients to us. If you could uh, peel apart a little bit about the individual care plan, one of the things I thought was great was how you utilize play and yes. the interaction and getting kids out of a bed and most of their therapy, they don't really view it as therapy uh, because it's in a very fun environment, whether it's in the pool or, you know, uh, I, would, I want to say the, the putting green or things like that that you utilize. Uh, explain that a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, one, of our, one of the ways that we transition kids from hospital to home is our care beyond the bedside philosophy. So that philosophy um, says that therapy... Uh, can occur throughout the building. Um, in the traditional hospital, uh, typically the care comes to the bedside, and the only time you leave the patient room is when you go for an x-ray or um, when you go for a test uh, somewhere else in the hospital and you immediately come back to your room. Well, here uh, we 
were just the opposite. The kids spend uh, two-thirds of their waking hours outside of their patient room. And back living out Mary's uh, vision from 1941, uh, play is part of the recovery. And so we have a number of uh, child life specialists and recreation therapists who um, help you know, produce a schedule for the kids. And I mean, it goes from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day. And so there are things to do. There's cooking in the kitchen. There is, uh, we have a reading nook uh, where they can read books. We have uh, a golf program. So we have a PGA golf professional that comes to Rankin Jordan every Wednesday. Uh, His name is Kevin Korn, and he teaches kids the game of golf. And Part of the kids' therapy is the movement and the things that they do with the club, and so the kids are doing therapy, but they don't even recognize it. Um, We have an outdoor uh, ball field that was funded by Mike Matheny and his Catch-22 Foundation, and so one of the things that Mike talked about as a a kid learning to play the game of baseball, that wiffle ball was was a foundation, so our kids uh, have a fall baseball league. Uh, every Saturday from August to the middle of October, uh, we have a league, and the Lions play the Bears, and it's a, a, a baseball game. And so, again, the kids are out, outside. They're moving. And I think modern medicine is, is catching on to the, the notion that, you know, all the, the medicines uh, that we're giving patients in the intensive care unit, uh, there is a downside to that. And so there's this research going on looking at, you know, how do we give patients, how do we limit those medications in the ICU so that the patients aren't in such a fog? And But we know that their long, prolonged hospital stays are causing anxiety and depression. And so Rankin-Jordan is the uh, the medicine for that. So when they come here, you know, we have um, our, our facility is kid-focused. It has bright colors, natural lighting. Um, we have wide corridors, so when the kids want to race wheelchairs, uh, they have plenty of room to do that. Um, and it's really, uh, we have little little bonus uh, pieces in the building that we have a bridge where, you know, it might incentivize a kid to say, hey, I want to go cl- you know, climb the stairs and go look at that bridge. And so we have a number of things here in the building that incentivize them. Uh, we have a climbing wall, believe it or not. We have to be the only hospital in the country <laughs> with a climbing wall. That's great. Um, so, it, again, it, it movement and play is, is part, just as important part of the recovery as the medicines or the therapy or the nursing care that they're getting. Uh, so that is that's that is our care beyond the bedside philosophy. Uh, it's not uncommon for you to see uh, instead of a physician going you know bed to bed, uh, I've seen physicians out in the music room looking for a patient and assessing them right in the middle of uh, of the music room so that uh, uh, the patient can continue enjoying the music therapy and then the physician goes on to to find the next patient. So it's a it's a it's a model that is really uh, uh, opposite of what what's typical in healthcare today. Now you just recently had an expansion, so you're now what 60 beds, 78,000 square feet out on uh, yes. Dorset Road in Maryland Heights. Yes, yes, we um, uh, we moved into this uh, from Ladue Road to this uh, facility in 2004, and with 34 beds, and very quickly we started bumping up against capacity issues, and so we were able in February of 18 to expand to 60 beds. And I am happy to say that um, we have our, our, 
our record is we've had 48 kids here um, in the uh, month of uh, October, and so our average has been running around 43. And so our goal was to continue to meet Mary's mission, and that is, you know, to serve more and more children who need our services. And so we are um, accepting kids from not just St. Louis, but Springfield, Missouri, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville, um, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, Evansville. Um, it's it's really become a, a regional provider for uh, for kids, and this is a you know the, the pediatric population in general in St. Louis region is pretty flat. But when you look at kids with complex medical conditions, uh, we last time we checked, we estimate that their hospitalizations are growing anywhere between 8 to 10% a year. And so wow. this population uh, is increasing. And so we are uh, fortunate that we can have the bed space now to be able to accommodate those needs. And uh, the only thing holding us back really from caring for more inpatients is staffing. And so we are in a hiring mode. So if anyone out there is interested in a career uh, change in nursing or respiratory therapy, um, we are... Uh, accepting applications, and we are we're, we're hiring and looking for the right people to help us uh, be able to take on uh, and treat more kids. And, and I want to kind of wrap our conversation up. We've got about five minutes, but sure, you know, how people can help. I know you have a, a lot of volunteers, so volunteering is one, and I want you to speak to that. But also, you are a, a not-for-profit hospital, correct? We are, yes. And so wow. it's not like great. folks, uh, you know, the money's rolling in. And I know you have some activities and things. Speak about those things also, Brett. Sure. Right. So we are, uh, Rankin Jordan was established as a not-for-profit in 1941. Uh, We do um, accept insurance. Uh, Most of our kids uh, are covered by uh, Medicaid, and uh, but but many times the reimbursement from insurance doesn't um, cover all the things that we offer uh, a family and a child on their way home to to recovery. So we do uh, we do fundraise. Um, it, anyone can can give to the hospital. We encourage people to uh, to give, no matter uh, what the amount, to help more kids, uh, in, you know, have a better chance at recovery. So, uh, the easiest way to do that is through our website. It's uh, RankinJordan.org, and it's R-A-N-K-E-N-J-O-R-D-A-N.org. Um, we are not part of the technical school, although Mary Rankin Jordan's cousin David did found the technical school. There's a there's a family connection, but we are uh, independent. Um, you can also, you know, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have a number of uh, special events. So our gala is March the 28th, and that's another opportunity for people to uh, to participate um, and support the hospital. And then our golf tournament is in uh, late August next year. And so we have those uh, those kinds of activities. And then if you want to volunteer, all of our um, we have a number of of great opportunities, whether you like to interact with the children. Um, you know, there's a long line for people who want to hold uh, and rock babies. Uh, that's one of the, the favorite volunteer um, activities. We have two nurseries where we take kids uh, uh, as early as two weeks old, and we serve all the way up to age 21. Wow. But, uh, but there's a number of uh, volunteer opportunities, you know, in the business office and uh, um, mentoring some of the kids, uh, you know, um, coaching, um, you know, working with them in, in activities and play. And so we have 
um, a strong, strong volunteer force of about 250. And, and those opportunities are on our website as well. Um, so those are those are just some of the uh, uh, the things that we can uh, you know where the community can get involved. And we do entertain some volunteer groups. You know, if there's a business out there that wants to, we had a group in this week to paint the windows uh, for uh, holiday theme. And so uh, we offer a number of opportunities for people to get involved. Well, that's great because there's uh, therapy opportunities, administration, facilities being a, a concierge, some clinical yeah. services, pediatric health-related services. Obviously, how I knew this, I'm reading right from the website. Right. <laughs> I, I, I have it right at the tip of my fingers here. <laughs> and there's some, um, some closing remarks, Brett, uh, that you'd like to, to leave with people about Rankin-Jordan. So I, I think our transitional care model uh, Rankin Jordan has an important role to play. Again, as I mentioned, more kids are, are living and surviving, and um, I think we are necessary to help uh, bridge parents and families back to the home, and that's our goal is to get them home. The alternative uh, is that they live in the acute care hospital, and sometimes that involves uh, staring at four walls and a ceiling. And at, uh, at Rankin Jordan, um, you don't get to stare at four walls and a ceiling. You're, you're out being a kid again. We also um, dress the kids in their regular clothes. There are no hospital gowns here. Cool. You know, so the kids uh, like uh, get to wear uh, the shirts and jeans uh, that they would wear at home and the clothes. And so um, I, I would say we are um, uh, a, a gem in St. Louis. And that, uh, uh, it's definitely worth a, a a tour, and I would love uh, anyone who wants to uh, hear and learn more about us. Uh, we would arrange a tour here as well if they call uh, 872 6400, uh, and you can ask for me, and I would be glad to, uh, to for you to see it firsthand. Brett Morehouse, President and CEO of Rankin Jordan Pediatric Bridge Hospital. Brett, thanks for joining us today on Intune. You guys are truly a gem in our community, and your work is, is outstanding for, for families in our area. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Arnold and Mark. I appreciate it. Have a great day. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of Intune. You're listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri.